1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. My name is Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management, and of course, I'm joined by my mom, Sue Bushka from Bushka Retirement Solutions, as well as our wonderful co-host, Tony Shore. Now, listeners, if at any point during today's show you want to get some more information about what we're talking about, uh, make sure to give us a call right away at 715-355- Forty-four, forty-five, uh or you can of course visit our website retirewithbushka.com we've got tons of great resources on the website uh so you um, want to make sure you go out and check it out you can of course listen to some of our previous uh, episodes on the the uh, radio show you can also watch a couple of our most previous episodes on uh the tv show if you've never caught that i would highly encourage you to check that out And of course, there's a number of other resources out there, uh, including information on our process and the reports that we run for clients and all of those different things. So I really encourage you to take a few minutes and check that out. Now, if you'd like to schedule a complimentary consultation, of course, you can do that anytime by calling us right now at 715-355-4445 to book in our Wausau or Eau Claire office. Uh, Or you can uh, go right to our website, retirewithbushka.com, click on that yellow book now button that pops up throughout the page, and that'll take you right out to our calendar so you can book uh, right then and there. Now, we've spent so much of our life working towards retirement and the goals that we would, you know, ultimately like to accomplish once we've retired. And an interesting wrinkle is that there are trends in how people choose to spend their retirement. Uh, For instance, more retirees than ever before choosing to retire abroad. In fact, according to the SSA, the Social Security Administration, uh, the number of Americans receiving Social Security while living outside the country jumped 40 percent to 413,000 people between 2007 and 2017. And although that's difficult to get an exact headcount, um, anecdotal evidence suggests that millions of working age Americans have also embraced early retirement in other parts of the world, uh, maybe thanks mainly to a lower cost of living. Now, in 2016, the U.S. State Department estimated that as many as 9 million non-military Americans were living outside of the country. Uh, Canada, Japan, Mexico, Germany, and the U.K. are currently some of the most popular destinations for Americans looking to live abroad. Now, on today's program, we're going to discuss some of the steps that you may want to take if you're intrigued by the possibility of living outside the United States during retirement, whether either on a part-time or maybe in a full-time basis but before we dive too deeply into today's topic let, let, let's make sure to say hello to everyone here with me uh sue and tony tony how are we doing this morning
0: oh i'm doing great i'm excited about this topic this is a fun one i mean it it's is interesting isn't yeah, it? yeah i like it i've you know my wife and i have actually looked into this and we thought about oh what if we live somewhere else in another country for a couple of years and um right. I I always read these articles about once a year I see an article or a news story that says uh, the most inexpensive places to retire outside the U.S. You know there's these lists and so you know whether it's Panama or Costa Rica or you know Belize or somewhere like that uh, a lot of times you'll see these things and I always find it fascinating so this will be a fun one but I've been great. Sue how have you been doing?
2: Oh, I've been doing just fantastic. Uh, summer is coming to an end, you know, and uh, I don't know. I'm kind of sad about that.
1: Well, you could always you could always move to a, a warmer location yeah. outside the United States. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that's the thing. You know, I mean, moving to Florida or something like that I don't think I could live there all summer long the summers are <laughs> horrible <kinda> but, <laughs> yeah the humidity so I do love Wisconsin I love Wisconsin but you know I could see myself being a snowbird for a couple of months somewhere oh yeah, yeah for sure yeah I can I can see that in my
0: future as well how about you Cole Oh, for sure. I, I, I mean, I'd snowboard right now if
1: I had the ability to. <laughs> I'd take I'd take an easy four or five months off and just go down to Florida and enjoy some sunshine and get out of that snow because I'm right. I'm definitely not a snow person. I, yeah, I, I used to be a more avid you know winter sports person. I know back back you know when I was a kid, I did a lot of downhouse
0: down downhill skiing yep. and stuff like
1: that, but. You know, I just don't have as much interest in it anymore for some reason. The
0: same. I'm the same way. And winters, especially in our area, you know, uh, it's uh, really January and February especially. (laughs) I would like to be somewhere else. It's so cold and there's so much snow, but... uh, but, yeah, well, this will be a fun show to uh, kind of uh, dream and fantasize about uh, maybe making that happen. And uh, maybe you can make that a reality. I know a lot of people do. So, um, you know, I'm fired up for this one. And I'm struck by some of the stats you read there, Cole. I mean, uh, some of the people in my life who are close to retirement age it, tell me they're considering retiring outside the U.S. I've had that happen. And, you know, none of them are doing it because they're unhappy with America. They're just looking for adventure, I think, and warm weather and maybe a way to stretch those retirement budgets further.
2: Well, that's right. And during the last handful of years, I mean, we've definitely seen an uptick in the number of our clients who bring up the possibility of retiring abroad. Now, the expat lifestyle is a very real possibility for many retirees though it will you know require some pre-move homework planning and also paperwork now there was a new uh, retirement article entitled how to retire abroad 12 tips for retirement overseas and it actually has some terrific insights and advice now it first suggests setting clear goals about what you want to get out of retiring abroad now to that end, you should answer some pivotal questions about what's most important to you, including, first of all, do I want to live in a more, comfortable, uh, live a more comfortable life on a reasonable budget? Or do I want to get out and explore the world? Or do I simply want to try a different lifestyle? And last but not least, is retiring as early as possible my main goal? Now, your answers to these questions will help you uh, shrink the globe a little bit and really focus on destinations that fit into your vision.
0: Well, yeah, and I think uh, once those important questions are answered, uh, I think that's a good first step. But then what goes into choosing a destination, Cole?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question. You know, while it's easy to get caught up in in the visions of great weather and beaches and sidewalk cafes, (laughs) like we were just talking about before, (laughs) when it comes to choosing your home abroad, you're also going to want to do some research into some more tangible things as well. Uh, Think about, for example, you know, what will the cost of day-to-day living be in your potential new country? And how much will the initial expenses of moving there run you? And from there, you should also weigh factors like your comfort level with the culture and the language and the ease with which your family and your friends are going to be able to come visit you. And also, if you want to work part time, whether, you know, in an office or in a coffee shop or what have you, make sure that your new country is going to let you actually work. And also remember that as you age, healthcare becomes more and more important. So make sure that the countries that you're considering have the healthcare facilities and the options that you're gonna need, and and also that you've grown accustomed to, of course. And and lastly, don't under uh, undervalue the importance of infrastructure. Uh, you know things like airports and good roads and high-speed internet. Those all make a difference.
0: Well, they do. And uh, internet is a big one for me. I, I mean, I'd love to right. move to some of these countries, but uh, I need high-speed internet. <laughs> to right, survive I'm right there with you yeah that's that's <laughs> top of my list and i'm addicted to way
1: too many netflix series exactly to not be able to stream my streaming <laughs>
0: services and facebook habits require internet and amazon purchasing <laughs> right. habits things like that <laughs> right.
1: well yeah anyway. th- that's another question does amazon deliver to yeah, that country e- yeah. Yeah. exactly
0: what can you get there and what can't you get that's another <laughs> right. good question Well, and and I know that also, uh, Sue, moving outside of the U.S., you have to understand visa and residency requirements too, don't you?
2: That's right, Tony. And every country has its own unique visa, residency, and immigration requirements. So if you understand England's requirements, don't assume uh, that Panama has the same list of rules. Now, there are many countries that do provide temporary residency Um, that permits as long as you have sufficient income back home, and the income requirement varies by country. As for permanent residency, it's often only allowed after you're legally resided in your new country for a certain number of years, which again varies by country. So when it comes time to request permanent residency, it may be a smart move to work with a local attorney. Uh, So you should visit the U.S. Department of State's website for more information.
0: Yeah, some countries and, you know, as far as doing it before retirement, when my wife and I were first married, Sarah and I thought about living, hey, what if we lived and worked in England for a couple of years and we looked into it, but they don't just let you move over there and get a job. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, if you want to work in the country you're living in, it's not as easy. And most countries don't let you do that. Like you say, they sue. They, uh, You said there you have to have an income back home. So in retirement, it's a little different because you're retiring in that country. So uh, that's a right. little more doable with some of these countries. But this has been a great topic. We should take a quick break here. Uh, Cole, do you have anything you want to add before we take the break?
1: Well, of course, a reminder for our listeners that when it comes to planning for retirement, whether it be retiring abroad, snowboarding, whatever is in your plans, uh, it, it really always helps to have uh, the uh, guide of a financial professional. And so, of course, that's what we're here for. Uh, we're here to try to make this process easier for all of our clients. Um, and of course, we uh, we love meeting with our radio show listeners and, and helping them create a plan. So we would encourage you to give us a call at 715 355 4445 to schedule that no obligation consultation. And uh, you can also do that online right away at retirewithbushka.com. Just click that yellow book now button and that'll take you right to our calendar.
0: All right. Thanks, Cole. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back to continue our talk about the steps you should take if you like to retire abroad here on Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Retirement can be both exciting and intimidating. At Bushka Retirement
1: Solutions, we have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. Since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. Give us a call at 715-355-4445
0: or RetireWithBushka.com to get your copy. And welcome back to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with our hosts, Cole Bruner and Sue Bushka. And it's been a great talk so far. We've been looking at some of the steps you may want to take if you're considering hopping on an increasing trend and retiring outside of the U.S. And uh, this has been a helpful conversation so far. Some great tips. Uh, What's the next piece of information you have for us, Sue?
2: Well, that uh, new retirement article we had mentioned earlier also emphasizes the wisdom of spending plenty of time visiting your potential new home country before putting down permanent roots. I mean, you wouldn't want to buy a car without test driving it first. So why would you move to a tropical island without kicking its tires a bit? So. Um, Take a couple of months to soak in the culture and the pace of life and keep an open mind, but also be honest with yourself about what matters to you and what doesn't. Now, if after all your trial run, you love the location, go for it. And if you don't, well, at least you had yourself an adventure you can tell your family and friends about.
0: Wow. Yeah. And uh, I would agree. That's fun. And it makes a lot of sense. If you're early in your retirement or haven't quite retired yet, why not take some trips to a few different places that might interest you? I mean, you know, moving out of the country in retirement isn't the kind of decision that uh, should be made in haste or without some planning.
1: Well, you couldn't be more right there, Tony. Now, when we're discussing the potential for retirement abroad with our clients, typically one of their biggest concerns is what to do with their current home. If your plan is to live abroad permanently, well, then selling your home could not only relieve you, with a, uh, uh, relieve you of a significant burden, I should say, but it, it could also hand you a nice little chunk of cash to help you to get settled into your new country and your new home. And on the flip side, if your plan is to live abroad for only part of the year, keeping your home may be the best strategy. After all, it is nice to have a home to come back to after you've been gone for a while, and if your home is paid off... Uh, Renting it out while you're gone may also go a long way in supplying you with much of the cash that you'll need to spend uh, more time
0: abroad. Mm, Good point. And you know what? Health care when you're living abroad has to be an issue. I would assume, Sue, when you're talking to clients, uh, I imagine ensuring adequate health care is a concern for a lot of them, just in general, let alone if they're going to live abroad.
2: Well, you're exactly right, Tony. And along with housing, healthcare is one of the first things clients who are considering life abroad ask us about. Now, one important thing to know when considering retirement abroad is that Medicare does not cover healthcare outside of the United States. And for a lot of folks, that may be a real deal breaker. Yeah. On a related note, though, it's not uncommon for out-of-pocket health care expenses in the other countries to be a lot less than in the United States, which is why many people are still comfortable living abroad. Now, health insurance is also generally available in most of the countries that many Americans typically consider for retirement. And finally, a robust international insurance policy will likely cover private medical and dental treatment for even medical evacuation back to the United States. Now, while the cost of this insurance can vary, in some countries, your expenses may still be lower than what you'd pay out of your own pocket for Medicare.
0: Yeah, that's uh, so if an American retiree heads abroad permanently, uh, what should they do about Medicare then?
1: Well, even though you aren't able to use Medicare while living outside the country, it may be important to maintain it. If you change your mind at some point and return home, or if you return home because of illness, you'll want to have Medicare to help you address some of those costs. Now, a solid strategy for long-term care is also something that you should square away if you intend to live abroad. Now, while it's only natural to hope to live a long and healthy life, the cold reality is that many people end up needing some, uh, some sort of long-term care at some point. Long-term care facilities are far less common outside of North America, particularly in Latin America and Asia, where the custom is that older family members are cared for at home by younger family members. Now, in many countries, you may be able to find relatively low cost assistance, but you'll still want to create a plan right now that addresses what uh, what could happen to your health uh, several years down the road.
0: Right. And and what are some of the things, though, that Americans considering retirement abroad need to be aware of when it comes to banking and taxes? I've got to believe those issues uh, would come up as well.
2: That's right, and with banking, setting up deposits and bill pay can be tricky, especially when you factor in the exchange rate. Now, doing business with an international bank with locations in both the U.S. and your new country may be the simplest way to handle your banking needs. But when it comes to taxes, the most important thing to note is that moving to another country doesn't exempt you from U.S. taxes. When living abroad you still must file a yearly tax return and report any income that you've earned in your new country. Now with regard to that income it's possible to have to pay taxes on it in your new country as well as in the United States and truth be told I've only addressed a couple of the high-level tax issues that may confront Americans looking to retire abroad. So you may want to consult a tax professional for an in-depth look.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, taxes, of course, uh, they're complicated on this side of the pond, let alone right. <laughs> overseas or in a foreign country. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely, uh, I would, uh, I would think so. If ever there was a reason to maintain your relationship with, uh, you know, folks like yourselves, uh, financial services professionals, uh, you know, after you've moved taxes is one of the big ones. And, uh, you know, this has been a good show so far. Uh, Let's keep it rolling, though. Uh, I think it's a great discussion. Uh, You know, we've been highlighting some of these retirement trends and uh, living abroad. And I think it's been uh, this is a popular trend. I'm hearing about it more and more. Uh, What do you guys have for us next?
2: Well, I really enjoyed our conversation about retiring abroad, but I think we should spend some time addressing uh, another housing trend that swept all age groups, including retirees, and that's the tiny house living. Now, this topic caught my eye after coming across an ARP article entitled Tiny Retirement, Is It For You? And the first thing that jumped out at me in the article is that those 50 and older Um, make make up roughly about 40% of the tiny house market. And that tells me that plenty of retirees are taking the tiny house movement seriously.
0: Well, and this is another trend that fascinates me because it's getting so much attention lately, uh, at least over the last few years. And there are even a couple of TV shows specifically dedicated to this whole tiny house movement. I don't know if you guys have seen those um, uh, but I, I I watch these shows. I think one is on HGTV and another one's on Discovery or something. But uh, I've watched these shows and uh, my wife and I laugh. I don't think we would ever consider it, but uh, a, a, <laughs> right. I don't think my album collection wouldn't fit. No, yeah, I know. So that's, right? You'd need three tiny houses that, for your right? album <laughs> collection. That's that's my problem right there. Is my Porting of uh, records and CDs. So, uh, yeah. But what should people who are pondering a move, especially older folks or seniors, uh, what should they uh, be aware of if they're pondering that move into a tiny home?
1: Well, the first important question is whether or not you have a place to put your tiny home. Because the tiny home trend is is, is still fairly recent, Uh, ultimately. There are many local zoning, uh, zoning ordinances and building codes that don't address them. So if your tiny home is on wheels, it's likely to be categorized as an RV and thus considered a temporary residence. And if you choose to build your tiny house on a permanent foundation, you'll want to make sure that it meets local minimum square footage requirements. And thankfully, many communities are starting to embrace the tiny house movement, which means building requirements should hopefully become more flexible
0: well yeah i think this is becoming more and more common Uh, it it really is these tiny houses and uh, i think one of the big appeals is that uh, they have a lower sticker price than a standard size home but cole you mentioned where you're going to put it and i immediately thought of sue and that if sue got a tiny home she'd just put it right in her daughter's driveway right (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, that was the RV. Okay. Got yeah. a perfect spot for it. <laughs> yeah, right, right,
2: right. That's right. I, I'm dragging um, up yeah.
0: old uh, issues there. I love That was it. a little uh, too. A that hard, was a little too. hard worse worse for time, comfort. Sue. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I assume, again, back to the price, lower sticker price uh, than a standard size home is a big appeal and the novelty of it. But what are some of the hidden costs that come with tiny houses? There, I know there are some.
2: Well, the cost of building your um, own tiny home can be as little as 25000 but having a builder handle it for you may double your budget. Now, you should also bear in mind that it may be harder to get finance, financing for a tiny home and interest rates are generally higher than they are for traditional houses. So, however, you know, the article does note that more financing options for tiny houses are emerging. So, another thing to consider is that if you intend to build your tiny home on a permanent permanent foundation, you'll need to purchase land. And if you intend to build a mobile tiny home, you'll need to purchase a vehicle powerful enough to haul it. And then when you're on the road, you're going to need to pay fees at RV parks.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I'm guessing for retired couples, then going from a, a traditional sized home to a tiny home could be a culture shock, right? Oh, I think that's an understatement, Tony. Yeah. (laughs) No
1: matter how much you love your spouse or partner, you have to be aware that you're going to be in very close quarters (laughs) and that there's going to be far fewer opportunities for solitude than there were uh, in your previous life. And because of that, some tiny house experts recommend renting a small apartment for a few months before you make a permanent tiny house decision.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, my parents have been married about 60 some years and, um, my mom said the the secret to being married that long was that my dad was an over the road truck driver and would be gone weeks at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that always helps, right? Yeah.
2: Absence yeah. makes the heart grow fonder.
0: Right? They kind of laughed when she said it, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it, you know. In, in addition to getting used to living with somebody inside just a few hundred square feet, you gotta you gotta get rid of a lot of your stuff. That's my that would be, that's where the rubber meets the road for me. I mean, I'm not necessarily a hoarder unless you count records, then I'm a a true hoarder.
2: (laughs) Well, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that does come with tiny house living. So because for many Americans, I mean, stuff is just part of life. I mean, you have books, clothes, pots, pans, uh, collect, you have collectibles, you name it. And whether you like it or not, a lot of that stuff simply can't move into your tiny home with you. So the question be becomes is, can you live without most of that stuff, and are you emotionally ready to give it all up? No. And don't and don't, <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> no. And don't forget about your hobbies. If you're a scrapbooker, a golfer, or a kayaker, all that stuff has to be stored someplace. And if you live in a tiny home, your options are going to be limited.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to host your grandkids for the weekend, Sue, or friends for dinner, that's harder in a tiny house.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that might be, though, uh, really good. <laughs> It'll prevent people from coming <laughs> over, Yeah, I that's. Right. I like uh, your thinking uh, hey. there, Sue. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. D- hmm. Dual benefit. I here. don't know. There is a benefit. <laughs>
1: But but really, both of those things are possible in a tiny house, but they are going to require some planning. Um, And when it comes to your grandkids coming from the weekend, uh, coming for the weekend, I should say, you'll want to make sure that you have a comfy pullout couch. And when it comes to that dinner party, many tiny houses have porches or maybe even hidden tables and seating that can make hosting a little bit easier.
0: Well, yeah, this has been a great show. Two great topics, um, retiring abroad or in a tiny house. So, uh, (laughs) Very different. Well, they are retirement (laughs) lifestyle trends. These things have been trending over the last couple of years, so I'm glad we addressed them. Uh, But Cole, do you have anything else for us before we go?
1: Well, Tony, just one final reminder for our listeners out there that when it comes to planning for retirement, you don't have to do it alone. And that's what we're here for. Give us a call. Schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation with one of our highly qualified advisors in either our Wausau or Eau Claire office. Or, of course, we can schedule virtually uh, if you would prefer. And you can do so by calling us right now at 715 355 4445, or visiting retirewithbushka.com and clicking that yellow Book Now button.
0: All right, and that does it for today's episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Thank you for listening to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Sue and Cole at Bushka Retirement Solutions and Bushka Wealth Management. Call 715-355-4445 Insurance products and services are offered through Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc., Bushka Wealth Management, LLC, and Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc. are affiliated companies. Sue Bushka, Cole Bruner, Bushka Retirement Solutions, LLC, and Bushka Wealth Management, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.